Hey friends, let's go back to the 90s with our new book, Mixtape Theology, 90s Christian Edition. It's part devotional, part retrospective, and all awesome. Rediscover the wonder of songs like The Great Adventure and Jesus Freak as you uncover their spiritual significance. But you know, we couldn't just give you a book without some 90s Christian cheese. We've included some original comics and hilarious retrospectives. Michael Tate of Newsboys and DC Talk calls mixtape theology the ultimate nostalgic throwback, and Michael W. Smith calls it a great read. Mixtape theology will have you falling in love with these songs and the gospel all over again. It's nostalgia served with a side of renewed faith, and it's available now at Amazon and Walmart.com. Now, back to the podcast. Hello, this is Dr. Ashley with Mixtape Theology, and I'm here bringing you another Mixtape Theology podcast. I'm excited to be here with you today. At Mixtape Theology, we like to look at 90s contemporary Christian music, dig into the theology of some of our favorite songs, as well as poke fun at ourselves, get a little nostalgic from time to time, reminisce, and most of all, just talk about Jesus. I'm glad that you're here with us today. I'm excited about this podcast as I want to talk about one of my favorite music groups, one of my favorites of all time. And uh, this group was um, before Pentatonix, before Boys to Men, before TV shows like Glee and this rise in acapella music. You might have guessed it just in my introduction, but that is the group Take Six. Um, Take Six maybe doesn't completely fit the CCM genre of what we talk about, um, but I think you could make a case for them. I actually began listening to Take Six in the late 80s with one of their early albums, and um, I loved Take Six. Um, I was a a young musician loving jazz music, so I always loved um, the jazz arrangements, the complex chords, uh, and and of course, there was a group before them. Some of you are probably big fans of the group Acapella, even before Take Six. And, and then Take Six came along and really perfected everything. And just, I mean, these tight chords and the incredible range um, that they would um, that they would show in their songs and just fun songs to listen to. Their Christmas album is fantastic. Um, a lot of good stuff out there by Take Six. And, uh, you know, uh, some of you, um, may know Brian McKnight, the R&B singer. Well, his brother, Claude V. McKnight, uh, was the lead tenor in Take Six, or is still. And uh, and Brian McKnight's always been one of my favorite voices in the entire world on planet Earth. I think he can sing about as good as anybody. Well, his brother, you might um, hear that similar timbre in their voices as you listen to Take Six. And just a little trivia for you, Take Six has... Um, received multiple Grammy Awards and award-winning artist. And Brian McKnight has never gotten a Grammy Award. So I wonder if there's a little sibling uh, envy there. One brother's got the Grammy Awards, the other one hasn't, even though the other one might be more well-known. So today I want to talk about this Christian R&B acapella group, Take Six, and really focus on their song, Spread Love. Now, Spread Love was the first song that I ever heard by Take Six, and uh, there's some great songs. I love The Biggest Part of Me, the cover of that song in the mid-90s, but Spread Love, um, it's 
kind of my go-to. The first one I heard, I believe it was a crossover song. You could hear it. I remember seeing the video on VH1. There I'm dating myself back when VH1 and you know MTV actually used to play videos. And they would play Take Six, Spread Love. So I want to really interact with the lyrics of that song, talk about those and, and and really, as we end, go to the great love chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, which I'm sure many of you are very familiar with. We can all agree that God calls us to love the world. Jesus said that um, the world will know we are his disciples in the way that we love one another. and We are to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. We are to love people, our neighbor, and that doesn't just mean the person that's living next door to us. That's everybody out in the world. And that is the people we don't agree with, the people that we might struggle with their lifestyle. And yes, the people that need to know the love of God. So we've got to hold on to truth without compromise, but also grace and love. This is what Jesus did. He he spoke the truth, but he loved people. So let's look at the lyrics of this great Take Six song. I know somebody who declares he's got it made. He won't admit it, but it's just a masquerade. He's a modern-day deceiver with a case of falsehood fever. What a shame. It's a game. Oh, and then there's dear old sister Sarah. Ain't she sweet? Oh, yes, she is, if you know the song. She gets the word. Next thing you know, it's in the street. By the time it's been repeated, all the truth has been deleted. What a shame. Another game. We can tell that that Sarah is a gossip. Seems like everything we hear is just a tale, but I've got something that will never, ever fail. And of course, just the the um, acknowledgement of 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. And it's called love. And you get into the chorus, spread love instead of spreading lies. And I can hear, all right, those of you that know this song, all of a sudden you can hear the bass. Do, do we do we dum dum. All right. Spread love and spread. Instead of spreading lies, spread love. The truth needs no disguise. I've often said that love could open any door. Oh, but I wish we had much more. More love is what we need. And then they go into talking about this family called the Greens, and they've got the subscription to the gossip magazines with a twisted sense of vision. They treat rumors like religion. What a shame. It's the same. Oh, same. Oh, well, it seems like everything we hear is just a tale but I believe in something that will never, ever fail, spread love. So we're called to love. Now, I really want to look at love in action, and and I want to think about that great love passage, 1 Corinthians 13. I bet a lot of you had it in your wedding, and it's a classic wedding um, a wedding scripture, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it keeps no record of wrong, um, and you know, it goes on and on, and, and then faith, hope, and love remains, but the greatest of these is love. So we read this passage in our weddings, and we preach it in our churches, and we know that we're supposed to live it out, but it is not easy. When the rubber hits the road in life, people, situations, church, family, This is a hard thing to really practice. And I've come to learn that Jesus in me, Jesus in you, is the only way. We have to allow Christ in us to live in and through us, allow Christ to live in order for us to love. 
We need to know what love is and what it looks like in the nitty gritty of life. Love, love is it's really challenging to define, but it's easy to describe. I could look up love in the dictionary and find multiple de- definitions, and we can read all of them and not feel a bit more loving. I could do the whole thing. Well, um, you know, the, the dictionary says love is defined as this. Well. And I can give you that definition and you won't feel a bit more loving, no matter what Webster's says love is. Perhaps the truth is closer to this. You'll know it when you see it. Love is better seen than defined. That makes me think of Michael W. Smith. Love isn't love until you give it away. Love is not primarily a feeling, but an action. Yes, love is a verb. We live in an age that honors personal feelings above almost everything. We do what we want when we want because we feel like it. And if we don't feel like it, we don't do it. But as I survey 1 Corinthians 13, I'm struck by the complete absence of any stress on personal feelings. The kind of love Paul is talking about is seen, it is experienced, it is demonstrated. And so so when you look in this chapter... In verses 4 through 7 of 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul begins to describe what love looks like. This is that agape love of Jesus, supernaturally, how he chooses to love us, and then he implants himself in this love inside us. First of all, the one that we know, firstly, love is patient. Now, we all have heard the advice, don't pray for patience. And things hit us right between the eyes, and we pray, Lord, give me patience right now. You know, there's this fear that if you pray for patience, then God's going to like turn your life into the life of Job. Well, according to Galatians 5.22, like this patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. The King James Version says that love suffereth long. It is never tired of waiting. The Greek word literally means long-minded. Love is slow to give in to resentment, despair, or anger. The particular word Paul uses means to have patience with difficult people rather than having patience in difficult circumstances. It describes the person who has been wronged, and you've got the power to get even, but choose not to use that power. Love is patient. Well, second, love is kind. The word means something like sweet usefulness. Love is quick to help others and eager to reach out to those in need. Real love is nice. We think of simple acts of kindness and of all the kindness in the world and kind people in the world. Christians should be known for their kindness. Well, next, Paul says that love does not envy. This is the sin of those who think others have too much and they have too little. By contrast, love is generous. It doesn't begrudge others their gifts. I mean, really, think about it. How do you respond to the good fortune of others? If somebody does better than you, if they prosper, maybe when things aren't going real well for you, if their family is happy and yours is torn apart, how do you react to that? Maybe somebody achieves something that you've always wanted to achieve, or they gain something that you are lacking, or they win and you lose. Well, then the truth comes out. Can you walk away from these situations 
without bitterness. Well, next, love doesn't boast. It doesn't brag. It's not pompous or conceited. It has no exalted opinion of itself. It's not eager to gain the applause of others. The Greek word translated boast means something like windbag. It has within it the idea of a person who must continually talk about himself in order to impress others. Sometimes we will be better off just saying nothing at all. Love is not proud. This is not a matter of not being allowed to be proud of someone. I'm very proud of my wife. I'm proud of my daughter. This is about how proud I am of myself. The King James Version says love is not puffed up. That means that love does not have an inflated opinion of itself. It is not filled with hot air. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble and perfect in every way, right? And, And as I think about a lot of the great people I've known in my life, they've all, on some level, maybe to others seemed rather ordinary. They just acted like normal people. They didn't have to act or dress or talk different when they're with someone special as they're trying to puff themselves up and, and convince others of who they are. It's just, they, they're just genuine. Love is not rude. King James version says that love does not behave itself unseemingly. Well, that covers a lot of territory. On one level, it means that love is not ill-mannered. It does nothing of which it will be ashamed later. With love, there's some real courtesy going on. It's polite, considerate. It's careful for the needs and the feelings of others. It's quick to make others feel at ease. Love actually has good manners. And, And as a practical application, I think this really fits in our day and age right now. Remember that you don't have to say everything you are thinking. Sometimes when someone posts something on Facebook or you have an opinion on any social media platform, you think, I just got to say something or I got to let my voice be heard. And sometimes, oftentimes, the best thing is just not to say anything at all. Well, how else do we spread love? Well, 1 Corinthians 13 says love is not self-seeking. It takes no thought for itself. Love isn't saying my way or the highway and is not stubborn about things that really don't matter. It says, let's do it Jesus's way. Love serves and doesn't worry who gets the credit. Love is not easily angered. It's not easily provoked. It's not quick tempered. It does quick tempered. It does not blow its top. It's not easily angered. It's not irritable. By contrast, it's good natured and easy going. It's quick to forgive. And uh, I think this is an important thing to remember. A lot of times people say, well, that's just the way I am. Or, you know, I've just got my daddy had a big temper and I've just got a big temper. Well, no, you may say maybe that's the way you are, but that may not be or is not the way you're supposed to be. We got to let God's love in us transform us. Love keeps no record of wrong. The King James Version says that love thinketh no evil. It doesn't take into account a wrong suffered, does not impute evil. It does not sulk over injuries suffered or play the victim. It's not suspicious of others. It's not quick to remember a personal offense done by others. You know, true love really has a bad memory of wrongs done to it. And we've got to be willing to say, you know what? I'm not going to hold that against you because I love you. Love does not delight in evil. It takes no pleasure in wrongdoing. It's 
not glad about injustice. Love is not happy when evil triumphs, and it takes no joy in hearing evil openly discussed. Love is never glad to hear bad news about another person. It never says, well, they got what they deserved. Love is never happy to hear that a brother or sister fell into sin. Love doesn't enjoy passing along bad news. You know, we all know that bad news sells. That's why all the tabloids are, the the bad news is right there on the front page and they're all right there when you're checking out at the grocery store. Or even as Christians, you know, we all know someone, uh, how we gossip, the, the, the Take Six song talked about the gossip magazines and someone spreading rumors. Well, here's how Christians do this. Hey, have you heard in so-and-so? We've got to really pray for them. And it's just a way to share something that you probably shouldn't share. Love rejoices with the truth. You see, this is the flip side of that previous idea. Love does not delight in evil. Love takes joy in what is true and good and right and holy and pure. Love cheers when the truth wins out. Is glad to know that suspicions were unfounded. Love believes the best and is glad when the verdict is not guilty. It rejoices with honesty. It desires truth. It celebrates integrity. The enemy, one of its big weapons is lies, but God has equipped us with the most powerful weapon of all, his truth. Well, how can we live this way? How can we truly love without envy, without a quick temper, without seeking our own interests, without thinking bad of others? How do we really spread love and it not just be about around the campfire singing Kumbaya? The answer is, you ready for this? We can't. In ourselves, we have no power to love and to live this way. We will never talk ourselves into loving like this. And the sooner we admit that fact, the better off we'll be. This isn't some kind of competition where we try to really muster up the strength in us to love and just get enthusiastic. You know, it's always been helpful for me if I think that really Christ resides in me. I like to replace love with Jesus in that very 1 Corinthians 13 passage. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus thinks no evil. Jesus is not quick-tempered. Jesus does not rejoice in what is evil. If we want to love, we need more of Jesus in our lives. So we run to the cross and stand there and behold the one who died for us. Look to him, stand next to him, and let his love fill your heart. And if you will come close to Jesus, his love will begin to fill your heart and you will find yourself filled with supernatural love for others and be able to live out this passage. So let's trust in Jesus and let's give away some love. Let's let others others know that we are God's disciples, the way we love. Let's love our neighbors. Yes, faith, hope, and love remain. The greatest of these is love. You know, we've got faith and hope getting us to the end, but we've got love now. And love is the one that keeps on going, that starts now and goes into eternity because God's love never fails. So get out there and spread love. I hope that you have enjoyed this Mixtape Theology podcast. And as always, it's a joy to be with you. As you go out and spread love, point everyone to the giver of love that makes it possible for all of us to love Jesus Christ. Um, We love because he first loved us. Blessings, and I'll talk to you soon. The mix.
Mixtape Theology Podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. Find more Christian music-related podcasts at newreleasetoday.com.